Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in living the status quo life, who wants to hear from other ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga. Join me as I follow my curiosity around what living a successful life really means. Let's dive in. Okay, guys. So today I have a real treat for you. We talked about being having you on and then life happened for you, for me. And I feel like there's been a couple like career changes for you in the midst of all of it. But so today we have Paula Henson on the show. Paula spent 20 plus years in the salon industry, but her approach to organizational health is like none other the beauty industry's seen yet. She's a certified working genius specialist and Paula has taken the working genius model and personalized it for salons. I'm so excited to talk to you today, Paula. Awesome. I'm pumped to be here. I've been watching you and your career for quite some time as well. Yeah, no, I feel like I wanted to have you on, but I've lately been feeling like now that I'm doing more guests that I'm like so glad I didn't have people on sooner because the part of their story that they're in right now is like more interesting to me than ever. And I feel like that's you for me. And like, I, you also, do you own a, a plant store currently? Yes. Yeah. We opened a plant store. We took an old gas station in my hometown in Louisville, Kentucky and turned it into a plant store kind of a grease to green thing, um, sort of impulsively opened it about at this point, a year and a half ago. So we're heading into our second winter. So yeah, I'm a weird plant lady too. <laughs> yeah, but I love that. And I love the idea that what you learned as a salon owner and really just you learned business. And so then you take that same skill set. And you can open a plant store and a gas station, which it's so fucking cool. But you, you just have this ability to take like what we do in, in the hair world. And it does really correlate with a bunch of different things. Yeah. And this is actually my first time being a business owner in the salon world. I was, I just, I just helped manage them. I was never like the final one accountable. That was never made till now with the plant store. Okay, cool. That's so interesting. And like, as far as this new direction you're going in, I was so excited when I reached out because when I reached out to you, I didn't even know that you were doing this. But can you take us through what your latest like passion, you know, it seems like it's energized you. The website's amazing. And I just, and it's not something I've heard of, but like, I'm really into genius, like following your genius. So just lay it on us. Yes. So, and it can be a 20 second kind of background at the same time too, because so I helped manage a couple different, like a two location salon for, I mean, I was with the same company for like 28 years. And then as a part of that, I was one of the owners of distribution company. So the manufacturing and the distribution, I was in ownership in that. And, but a lot of what we did was actually much more around like adult education in the hair industry. Like, so of course, like I taught the haircutting and coloring classes and things of that nature. But what really got me excited and geeked out was much more around like the business systems that and like the motivation and inspiration behind like us as an adult, why we're doing what we're doing, like the creative mind, the thinker mind, like how all of those melt together in the beauty industry. And so as I exited, you know, distribution and all of those things, took a little time off, um, spent some time in some other like educational things for hairdressers. And then I've always been a weird plant lady and like had a vegetable garden. And actually me and my husband were getting in a little bit of a tiff because I was yelling at him that like he didn't dream 
with me anymore. Like I kept coming up with these big ideas that cost millions of dollars that like we couldn't pull off. And he was just shooting them down. I was like, when did you stop being a dreamer? Like, it doesn't have to be real. Like we can just pretend for 20 minutes. And then I don't know, a month or so later, this gas station cleared out. It, it was a gas station. And then it was like an automobile repair store. So it was automobile repair. And he drove by it and I drove by it. And we both at the same time were like, we could do a plant store in this thing. And so we did. And honestly, I don't think he would have been into it if it wasn't for us arguing. Um, so we impulsively opened a plant store. So some of the things about running a business that I knew or, or knew of, at least from the perspective I was in previously, it's always different when it's always, when it's totally on your shoulders, you know, um, but yeah, we got to dive right in. And so now we sell indoor plants and outdoor plants and landscaping. I've gotten really big into native plants. So like the hippie heart in me gets, you know, ignited by all of that and what we're planting in our own backyard. Uh, but I mean, my like heart for the creative hairdresser and the business owner in the beauty industry never really changed. And, and so like now that we've kind of got the plant store moving forward, um, yeah, I've gotten a bit more into doing some of these working genius and organizational health things as well again. Yeah. Well, and I find sometimes people that leave the industry, not that you ever really left it, but they go out and do something else. It like reaffirms how much they love, like the heart of a hairstylist or making it better or the industry. And did that happen for you? Yeah. I mean, I've always said I was more of a hairdresser for other hairdressers than I was for clients. If that makes any sense, like clientele was fun. I loved selling retail. I was a very fast, speedy hairdresser. I'm the one that loved double, triple, quadruple booking. I loved working with assistants. Um, and I know it's not like the most invoke thing right now, but like, man, give me some gray coverage and a Bob trim, you know, like it was my jam. Like I loved it. And so um, the, the like heart of that for like the customers, like in getting to know the customers wasn't as much there. I, I loved the machine and teaching hairdressers how to like use the machine on their behalf. Um, and, so, and managers, salon owners too, it all kind of works in tandem. And so that was always my thing in the hair world. It wasn't as much about the creative side of it as it was like the doing um, and the being able to, to move like what we were doing behind the chair for like the better benefit of everybody. Yeah, no, even as you were talking, I was thinking about, I feel like it all ties into like this, I'm thinking it ties into this genius training that you did, because I think about like, before you can like appreciate and love the way that you love do the, do things, it's like you love that you like the machine. Like I was thinking as you were talking, I'm like, I love the relationships and I love that I slowed down and it's as much as it's fun to make the same amount of money in like three hours, I actually enjoy spending longer and like being with like each person. I love just talking about their businesses with them or their ideas. And like, I'm like, basically I'm doing business coaching at this point for my clients and they're have they happen to be getting their hair done. And that's what I love. Yeah. And so I feel like what you're, the direction you're going in, the thing that trip like trips my trigger about it is like, we're not the same and no one's the same. But then when we go into it and I feel bad that I'm not like you, like I don't want to, I used to love to double book. And now like, I like to do it on occasion, but it's like, I think sometimes we look at someone else and we go, God, like Paula gets it. And I want it, like I do it this and I, the way I do it isn't right. And I, I'm seeing that a lot on social media now where 
Like, you know, everyone's not smart unless they're doing it the way that I do it. And I've always been like, I, what, the way that I do it works for me and you need to find that for you. And that's why I'm super charged up about talking to you because I think that it's almost like everything's so polarizing right now, instead of being like, Wait, the way that I honor myself looks like this in the salon and the way that Paula honors herself. And when we understand who we are, then we can celebrate it as opposed to feeling bad. So can you talk a little bit about like the inner workings of what you're doing? Because when you, you know, just think about like, it, it, like the way that people are, it's like, we're all so different. And I feel like the Enneagram and like, I was just thinking about all that when I knew I was going to talk to you because I was thinking about how I feel like we all love to understand ourselves better. Like even right now, I had this birthday book in the salon yesterday and I was like saying like, send me your birthday and I'll, I'll send you your page. I have about a hundred people to get their birthday pages photographed and sent to them. And what that tells me is it tells me that people are just hungry to understand themselves more. And, and I do agree, like the polarizing, and it doesn't matter if you're talking about the hair industry or politics or I'm so over it all. <laughs> Because there is, there's really no such thing as my way or the highway and all of the different models that exist in the hair industry from booth rental to commission to salary or the hourly or like these combos, like there's actually, it fits for someone. It all has its place. And so it's more about like, what are your goals? What are you specializing in? Are you specializing? Are you generalist? Like there's too many questions to ask for like an Instagram post of my way or the how to actually make any sense. So I just think it's a really lazy sales pitch to say I'm the best be like me, uh, where <laughs> it's it just it's not to be too aggressive, but it's just it's lazy. And so when it's more, the question should be, who are you? What gets you jazzed up? And what are your goals? I honestly also don't think we're giving enough credit to the fact that our lives have seasons. Um, and in our seasons, we might really desire a different type of work environment. And, you know, for example, like with the plant store, I have a girlfriend of mine. She just opened a yoga studio. She's 60 years old. I'm 40. I opened a plant store. And so I just found it so energizing that, you know what? I could have three whole lives here. I could have 20 years in the beauty industry. I could have 20 years as a plant lady. I could have another 20 years of something else. You know, they're seasoned here and, and we can just do all of these different things. Um, so the working genius, absolutely. Like it really does melt in everything from all of that. And so the, the theory, if you will, the very basic theory behind the working genius assessment and model is it's less about personality and more about the productivity and what, what at work brings you energy and joy. So not even what are you good at doing? Because I could be really good at things that drain me. So that's kind of one slice of it is what are you good at doing? So for hairdressers, we could say we're good at doing hair, right? Like that's if we want to oversimplify it. And then, so let's say we're a hairdresser. We're not an accountant. So now that you're at a hairdresser, well, what type of work as a hairdresser fills you up? So you know how like you'll work really hard one day, but you're wired still, like you're excited and you have all of this energy and all of this joy from it. Or you could have a day that is actually physically relatively sort of easy, but you're drained. Like for me, those were always haircut a thons. Like if I did haircuts all day long, every day, I, it wasn't even that hard, but I was just wiped out. You know, it just, it never was my favorite. Uh, or if I did for me, if I did a day where I had 
13, 15 clients, but in an eight hour period and they all did multiple services. I was jazzed. I was so jazzed up and I loved it. Even though it was physically more exhausting, my brain was energized. Um, so the working genius assessment kind of speaks to that, but it also, it's way outside of just hairdressing. It's all of the things that you do in work. Um, and what brings you joy, you know, out of those? Oh, I love that. I love that. It's like the, what, what drains and what like charges you up. So like for you, like, are there different, I get kind of hung up on these things. Like, is there different names for it or what is your profile? Like if that's what you're into. Yep. So there's a profile you can take and um, it, gives, it gives you six options. Okay. So most of the time, all of these other assessments or profiles are either really like the PI or the Enneagram. Like there's just really, there's a lot of options, like really specific, so many things. And it's a personality test or there's like the disc assessment, which I'm actually a fan of. Um, or there's the ones that are a little more simple. Like, are you creative? Or are you analytical? Like you just have to pick between one of the two. I've never been either. I'm a, I'm a mix. Or are you an integrator? Or are you a visionary? I've never been either. I'm a mix. So the ones that are overly simplified didn't describe me enough. And I never latched onto them. The ones that were too, I don't know, like the Enneagram and the PI, they're just so intensive that like I, it never grabbed me enough. And this one is six, there's six. And it's, you have to remember, it's about the work that you're doing. So there is the beginning of work where the ideas, like the wanderers and the inventors are the beginning of work. And then there's, and th that's often the people you call geniuses, like the inventors, like they've been told like, oh, you're such a genius. How did you come up with this idea? And then there's the end of work. So your enablers, which we can talk about that word a little bit because it gives a negative spin and, and it's not a negative thing. So your enablers or your um, your workers that have tenacity, the ones that are tenacious, so the finishers. So there's the two spectrums. Then there's the middle of work, which are called the galvanizers or um, discernment. And some of these words are so big, it, it's much simpler than that. The galvanizers are the ones that get people excited about an idea and discerners are the ones that can tell you if it's a good idea. And I, so I'm the middle of work, that's me. So I can tell you if it's a good idea based on gut instinct um, without a lot of data, that's all discerners. And then I'm a galvanizer, so I'm the cheerleader. I'll get people excited about an idea. And so I've always said, I want, like if, I've always, this is how I explained it before. I want you to pass me the ball and then I want to pass it again. And, but which doesn't really, like that doesn't describe it well, you know? And so, or I've but said- it does, it does, because it's like at a party. Like I think about myself as a host. I like to come over, connect people, interject something. And then I like to be like, you two go build a friendship, peace. Like I relate to that because it's like, it's like, you just kind of like, you get things, you kind of like, okay, cool. These two clicked. Let's, I'm going to, I'm going to head out. I know when it's time to go. Absolutely. And so when you have the six, you have two that you're your geniuses. And then you have two that are your frustrations, which is almost just as telling. And so the frustrations, again, it doesn't mean you're not good at doing it. It simply means it, it's going to take your energy very, very quickly. And so there are things that for 20 years that were in my frustrations that were actually at large parts of my job responsibilities. And wow. I was good at them. It was fine, but I didn't enjoy it. And it was definitely, definitely draining. Um, and then the two that are left over. So you have your two geniuses, your two frustrations, and the two that are left over are what are called your competencies. And so you can do them for some time. But they, you will get drained from them as well. And, and for me, 
the word burnout in the beauty industry, which again, I'm so over, it's, it's a bit overused, but I, my guess is the burnout is coming more from working in our competencies than it is in working our frustrations because we know the shit we hate. We know we hate it. So we just find, we get a cup of coffee, we get the room at the right temperature and we do it anyway. You know what I mean? Like we know we hate doing this, but the competencies, it's not as obvious that you hate it because you're probably good enough at it. You're competent, but it's just the burnout I think is coming from our competencies more than anything. That's so interesting. And like I've said before, like, it's not what you're doing. Sometimes I don't think you need a whole new career. It's maybe how you're doing it. And so it's like knowing that stuff, it's like, I just feel like people would have these like aha moments of like, I, I don't like doing that. And like, just give themselves permission to like say that. And like, Absolutely. How many people do you think are just don't even know that that's at play? Because I know I didn't know. None, my, of, none of it. I even would have said I knew. I would have told you I knew because this is what I love. Like, I love geeking out about like what gets people like moving and going. And like, I actually really love work. Like I'm one, like I only took off 14 days during the entire pandemic when I tested positive once. The rest of the time I worked, we were chipping. We were chipping to salons, you know? And those 14 days were horrible. Like I wanted to leave my house. And where my husband, like he worked the whole time, but he loved staying at home. So it's, I, I really enjoy and get energy from work. And so if my work is about figuring out what makes people work, I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, like I'm as this most jazzed up about it as possible. Then if I get to share that information with others, you know, there's, there's no stopping me. I could, I could do it all day. And I didn't ever have a, a, a definition for it or a way to describe it. And with the working genius, because it came out a few years ago and I just recently got certified as a facilitator. When I read it for the first time, I was like, this is the first assessment I ever took that actually described me in a way that I already didn't know. Like, I, you know, I know who I am, right? But this one, I was like, oh, they, they really nailed the type of work I love doing. And so any of your other assessments that you enjoy, this is a layer of they layer together it's not either or and again something we kind of started talking about it is it's not an exclusive kind of thing like the entire intention is we all have well most of us have to work right so if you have to work why not try to do something you enjoy as much as possible knowing that we're an adult and we have to do things we don't like so the whole goal is to stay in your geniuses 50 to 60 percent of the time to stay out of your frustration. So try to do frustrations, maybe 10% or less. And then your competencies can be in the middle. Yeah. Like even when you were talking, I was thinking like, I don't really like doing salon maintenance stuff. Luckily it's been in the 10% range, but like, you know, I was having some water stuff and then there's a handyman kind of like groaning on my floor yesterday. I said to him, you know, I think I'll take it from here. I'm going to get back to my client and we're going to just, I'm having to wrap this up. And I just, I know what you're talking about, like that little nudge, that annoyance that you feel, but you're like kind of good at it. Like you can handle it. You can make it happen. Like, yeah. and so enough to do it. This isn't an intellectual conversation and there's no genius that's better than the others at all. Like, so every job is a six letter job anyway. So let's say you're working completely solo at a, at a salon. Well, the work you're doing still takes all six letters. So you need to start finding some vendors quickly. Like for me, it would be hiring an accountant. Like with the plant store, step one, I was like, if I don't have a bookkeeper and an accountant, I'm not doing this because I'm not doing that, let alone the fact that's lower for me on the skill set side as well. So it's a lower skill set and it's a working frustration. 
So I'm the only owner here. We don't have managers or anything at this time. So I can't hand it off to somebody else. Well, I can. I can hire a vendor. And that's my accountant. So even if you're working completely solo, you can find, like I have a salon owner friend. Um, she sends out the laundry. Yeah. She's a vendor that does the towels. They don't do it. And she has a salon of a lot of people. And they, but they don't do the towels because it's a frustration within her business. She's identified it. She put it out to a vendor. Um, or if you are working at a salon that does have a team, you can utilize the working genius model to get your team, you, you know, because I think sometimes the frustrations, we take it personal as opposed to it just being like how somebody's built, like the work they like to do. Yeah. And I was even thinking from doing this assessment, I would think that you end up being able to appreciate your strengths and then yep. also have more compassion and grace for yourself around the things you're like, yeah, no, I am pretty good at that. I just, it's not fun for me. Like, and just like, I find that when you just acknowledge these things, they like, it takes the weight off, you know, let alone the fact that like your partner, your spouse, your boyfriend, whoever you live with, you know, that's a job. There's job to the household. Well, even if there's, so there's two people in that house. So even if you don't overlap, there's still going to be two things missing. So just knowing and being able to say like, oh, I, I know you're working in your frustration when you do that for the family. Like, thank you. As opposed to like, why do you keep dropping the ball on that? Why can't you finish anything? Because every frustration has like a guilt or a judgment associated with it. And it, to be able to let go of that guilt or judgment, whether it be for yourself or the people you work with, the people you work in your home with, turning it from judgment and guilt to, oh, it is what it is. Let's figure that out. Yeah. It, it's so helpful. And also just like it tracks. That makes sense. Why like I can do it, but I don't love it. Like it's just like understanding. Like I was just thinking like the grocery store came up in my mind when you were, when you were talking, like I can do it. Just, oh, I, I don't really like it. I just don't like, I'm, I have like a competency there at the grocery store. I don't really have a competency cooking. So that would be one of my weaknesses. Yes, me too. So my frustrations are, and we'll have to get you to take the assessment. My frustrations are enablement and tenacity. And let's take a moment to talk about enablement because it's mm -hmm. one of the is that when people score as enablement as their genius, they, it tends to be, they're the most dismissive about it. Like that's not a genius. Um, so first, enablement is stepping alongside someone in the way they need to help them. So it's the, like the person that raises their hand. To, oh, I'll, I'll take care. I'll volunteer. I'll help. Or I'll help you with that. So they're the helpers. And every genius can help. But enablement is the genius that gets joy and energy from helping. And it is and a lot of hairdressers would be enablers because they're going to love to help their customers. Um, and enablement is one of my frustrations. And so the guilt that comes from that is like, like, am I a bad person? <laughs> because if somebody like an adult is complaining about something, my aunt's like, shut up, grow up, do it anyway. Like, who cares? You chose it. Like all those types of things. I might not say it out loud, but that's what's happening in mm -hmm. my head because I don't have the genius of enablement. And so when I left distribution, I think a lot of people, because we did a lot of consulting, a lot of people expected me to do one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. I love to teach. That's the galvanizer in me to get people excited about an idea. But once I've told you, if you don't do it, now I'm mad. Like, I'm mad at you. Like, I've already, like, I already told you. So. Okay, guys. So I know I'm not alone in wanting to feel my best and to be focused and create things that feel like they're full of heart and integrity and intention. And so I was recently 
turned on to Magic Mind, which is a productivity shot that is subtly sweet, boosts my energy and focus, allows me to crush procrastination and elevate my mental clarity with just 12 magical ingredients. You know me, my magical oracle deck. I love a ritual. I love something that sets me up and in a direction that allows me to create from my heart. And so I'm super excited. My listeners are getting a special code, Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y 20, and you will receive 20% off. You do not want to miss this. The galvanizer and the discerner in me and the fact that I love teaching. I, I mean, I could teach an idea all day long. But the moment somebody comes up and asks me the same question we've already gone over, I'm like, were you listening? You know, in, in the enablement piece that is a frustration for me, someone that would score very high in enablement, like, oh, yeah, let's explain how that would actually work in your day to day life. What would your moment look like? And how would this and they'll make it for the one person. And I'm like, I've seen the big idea. Why can't you figure this out for yourself? And, and neither way of thinking is right or wrong. That's the point. It's just knowing like where you get joint energy. Yes. So you like teaching, but you get annoyed. There are people that are walking away from something they would love and find fulfillment in because they're like, I'm not good at this. That person asked a question and I flip my lid, but they yeah. just have to find the avenue in which to do it. That doesn't rub their frustration. Or know that when you're in your frustration, that's all you are is in your frustration. So like at the end of a class, like I love a good Q&A, like let's dive in there. Yeah. I had to keep that person personally accountable for their weekly goals at work. Like, no, mm -mm, that's too much. But my friend Kelly, who does one-on-one -on -one coaching, that literally brings her the most joy possible is the one-on-one -on -one accountability. Like she is even like, I'm going to, I'm all about accountability. And I mean, if you got near me with that. Like I would be so frustrated. And then my other frustration is tenacity. So that's finishing the work. And so the guilt that comes with a lack of tenacity is, oh, I must be lazy. Or if you're working with someone, let's say you and I are working together and you never finished it. I'm like, well, Lindsay doesn't care. She must not care. Or she's not smart enough to figure it out. Well, that's, none of that's true. Tenacity just not, might not be your genius. Well, knowing that, then we can say, okay, you know, like, all right, neither one of us want to finish this. So... Let's go get the most expensive coffee we can find. So we're as happy as we can be. So we can just finish this real quick. Um, so there's no, it's, none of it's about excuses. It is simply about awareness and knowing so we can do what we need to do. I feel like couples should take this as well. It's so, it is not, I am not a couples counselor whatsoever. It has been very meaningful for me and my husband because we share some geniuses. So we both score really high in discernment. And one of the things when discerners are on the same team is one of the problems discerners sometimes have is we'll jump way too far down the line and start talking about that because we assume everyone is seeing how this plays out. So discerners can take a very large picture and understand it in, 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 a, mo in a moment. They just see the whole thing. It all works together. And so the problem with me and my husband is I'll go down rabbit trail A thinking that's how it's going to roll out. He goes down rabbit trail B. Discerners are often right. Not always, but often. So we assume we're correct. And now we're like, you're not even listening to me. You didn't even hear what I said. You're not, you don't even like what you don't like what I was talking about. When really it's, oh, we both went down two different trails. But the positive to discerners being together is we can often finish each other's sentences. 
you know, conversation between he and I working together would sound like, oh, we should probably get that. Well, it would make sense. Well, July, not August. Well, yeah, the September would be fine. Okay, sure, done. And we're done. And it didn't mean anything to anyone else, but we discerned on the same path together. So we worked very quickly. But the moment that path veers, we get really mad at each other. <laughs> I feel like you're describing my relationship. But, you know, even what you were saying about how like you're down two different rabbit holes, it's like both would probably work. They're just, you just went different ways. And yep. then, and then like, I think about how, like when I, when I see someone having a long winded conversation with their partner and it like, they have to like talk about like, well, we have to start thinking about that trip next July. I'm like, what is happening? Because well, and, Yeah, it's so cool. Cause, but here's what's interesting. That could come from multiple geniuses. It could be a tenacity genius that loves to plan. So taking a vacation with different geniuses is a whole thing. Or it could yeah. be the wonder genius, which we haven't really talked about yet. The wanderers are the question askers. The who, what, when, where's, and why's. So you bring a wanderer in at a different part of the project, somebody might think, what, you don't believe that I know what I'm doing? Why are you asking so many questions? Well, what's the problem? Bring the wanderer in at the beginning of the project. Well, now, now you have a deeply, like, meaningful path to like make sure we're doing the right thing. So you there's it too late and they're in the ninth hour and it's like, always gotta be the squeaky wheel. Yep, yep. Or they might look like a resistor in a salon setting, a whole group of people. Like, why are they always so resistant? Why are they asking so many questions? So it, yes. it, where you are in the project matters too. And, and sometimes it's a project, sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's, you know, you, you think of doing a clientele, you're in a working genius loop a hundred times a day. So it, co it comes up in a lot of different like areas of, of what you're doing. Man, I think it's so cool. And I, I had a feeling it was going to be like this. And that's why, like, it's me. I was really excited about my birthday book yesterday. because I was like, I'm giving everyone a little something about them. And now I'm like, oh my God, you don't need the birthday book. You need to do this assessment because I just think understanding yourself and like, it's just such a power move to like yeah. move your life. And you can do the working genius assessment and have nothing to do with me. Like you literally go to the workinggenius.com, click on the assessments, $25, take it. You can read the book. There's a podcast. I mean, you can go, you can dive deep into it completely by yourself. And then like, if you want to take the next like step into working with somebody that, or getting it for your whole team or creating a team map or how, how would you go about using the working genius in hiring or during interviews or reviews, or there's a lot of different ways you can implement it. Um, but if you're just self-curious, go down that road, you know, you, you'd be doing great. Yeah. And I want to talk about what it would look like, like what it looks like for people to work with you. Cause I was even thinking when you were starting to get into it about, even if you understand that about a person, I've always kind of thought like in a modern commission salon or in like a team, more team based salon, like, letting people have a little freedom around how they make what they make gives a lot of people a lot more autonomy. And I think understanding like this person loves doing hair, but they do like to be running on like full steam ahead. If they have a goal and they can meet that and they figure out where someone else might be happier working three additional hours that week and having their day feel a very different way. Is that like a huge part of like when people work with you? I mean, yes and no. So there is, there's two slices of that. I think yeah. one is the type of hair you're doing. You know, if you're doing a lot of extensions and balayage that really lends itself to a certain type of scheduling, mm -hmm. you're doing 
gray coverage and trims that lends itself to a certain type of scheduling. And I think the biggest part in the industry right now that people are not explaining <laughs> is what type of hair are you doing? Yeah. So you're going to do hourly pricing or you're going to do a la carte pricing or you're going to specialize or not. What kind of hair are you doing? And then one opinion I have that I'm pretty strong about and I, and if you disagree, I just think you're wrong <laughs> is I don't think people should be specializing so early. You, you got out of hair school. You've been doing hair a month. You shouldn't be a specialist. Go taste. You're more. not, you're not one. You're not a specialist yet. I feel like you need to be doing hair for some time, you know, figure out if you really do hate updos or if you aren't good at them yet, there's a difference, yeah. you know, fi figure those things out before you get too deep into the rabbit holes, you know, so interview at more places, I guess would be. Yeah. The well, point. I even notice, like for myself, my instant thought is not always correct. Like my first initial, like feeling like I was telling a client yesterday, I'm like, you kind of forget that some people that are amazing take time to get to know that you kind of forget. Like it took me going through like seven doors to get to know that person. Had I been like, oh, she's not open. And I think that like I assisted for a long time, but the industry was different back then. And um, I feel fortunate that I was, I, I wanted to do color. And I think it's because I have a learning disability and I'm left-handed and no one could teach me how to cut hair because they take my scissors and flip them. So like we all are on our own journeys, yes. you know, but, um, but I, I agree with you of like, if I go off of my first initial reaction to things, it's not always, it's not always the most like enlightened thought. Not at all. And the way you decide, the type of hair you decide to do represents your schedule more than your working genius. Oh, I and love that. So what type of hair are you doing? What type of clientele are you attracting with your price? Like that's a whole different, let's not go down. That's a whole different road. There's about six different models in the industry and then 14 blends of all of them. And I think they all have a place. The working genius is more about, honestly, it, it would really be a lot about the culture you like to work in. You know, I, I would die working solo. It isn't my genius. My genius is galvanizing people. So I, I mean, I've, and I've always thought, how do people work in a room by themselves? Like it's been mind blowing to me, but I know hairdressers that like I love and respect deeply where it, them being in that room by themselves, they just love it. It is everything that fuels their soul. So the working genius, I think is more going to speak to the type of work environment that you would enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, it's also going to speak to the type of work that you need to hand off as much as possible. So whether you're solo or working in a group of 40, doesn't matter. There's a type of work that you're going to need to be mindful of doing a lot. Um, and then, <laughs> I mean, how you approach your clientele. So I, I, for example, I'm a horrible conversationalist. I am not good one-on-one -on -one at a party. I was never the one that like made friends with my customers because I don't have any of that enablement. And I honestly have never really cared at all about what they were saying if I'm being honest I just don't care so that's where the guilt comes to with my horrible person that I don't care about this person yes. yes but what but you know what I could do is I could get 40 people flying in the same direction pretty quick like I've always wanted to be a part of like a like-minded army so I better work in a salon team I have to because I'm not going to get what I need from the clients I get what I need from my people I'm with and so when you as you're learning about that and then in regards to leadership and like whether you're the leader or you're the peer or you're the manager or you're the boss, you know, leadership is a 360 degree thing. I really, really love the book 360 degree leader by John Maxwell. 
if that speaks to somebody, I would say, read it, read it all day. And the type of leader that you are or the type of leader you like to work with, the working genius completely speaks to it. So if you're a leader in the salon industry right now and you're just not understanding hairdressers or their mindset or just your team in general, and the working genius really gives everybody like a lot of clarity and removes judging guilt, judgment and guilt in your relationship. Um, so we just did a whole full day with the salon. I think it's about, they had like 30 people. So their leadership team was about three or four deep and they had about 25 hairdressers, but there's some estheticians stirred in there. So we did a whole event. We did like 90 minutes with the entire team. Everybody had an assessment. We walked through what each means, what it looks like in a, in a you know salon building. Then we had a meeting with just the, the management. So we did like a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with each leader and how they would lead through their geniuses because all geniuses would be a great leader. And then we had a leadership, um, just a leadership meeting, we made a team map. And uh, it just in those moments, we uncovered frustrations that people didn't even know existed, that they were that were, they were working through together. Like, oh, it's your genius. It makes sense. I thought you just didn't care. And Oh, my and gosh. So much clarity. And so it, it's not just for salons. Like, I'm about to go into, and I'll leave the name of the company out, but a 400-people deep corporate environment where I'm working with their leadership and training team on The Working Genius. It is about the work that brings you energy and joy. And I, I just think it applies to everything. Yeah, no, I mean, I want my husband to do it with his team because it's like, yeah, I think a lot of times we're making assumptions around things and people and the way people are wired. And I just think it sounds so cool. And that, that, that what you said about all the different geniuses are great leaders, because I think sometimes we think I'm not this, I'm not that I, as opposed to being like, no, like, and like, I'm sure that each of those leadership skills, like there's someone who it's like that person's well positioned to do the one-on-ones and that person's well positioned. Yeah. And that it's so cool that there's like four. So in that particular salon, did you find that the four leaders or whatever it was, were they each a different genius or were there some crossover? What was it? Yeah, there's definitely some crossover there. Um, they, they were missing what's funny. Their entire salon of 30 people only had one galvanizer. So it, and I'm a galvanizer. So it kind of made sense that they're like, we need an outsider. They didn't have any of the words for it. But naturally, because people are smart and they care and they look. They were looking around their own world. And they're like, we, and they knew me from the past. Like, we need to bring Paula in. And it was the galvanizing they needed. And they, they're discerners. They had discerners that had friction. Now they had language for it. Uh, the owner of the business is an inventor discerner. So she's inventing stuff left and right, not letting anybody finish anything. Now there's words around it, you know, so they, it just gave clarity. It gave clarity. And there, there was a little bit, so there's always friction between the idea people and the doers. So the idea part and the act in the, the doing part of work and my geniuses are in the middle. It's called the activation. And I've always said that I loved conflict. Like I just, I love conflict, but I actually think that's the wrong word. And now with the working genius language, I love the tension between the idea people and the doers because I'm convinced I can get them both on the same page. I love it. Yeah. It's worth And so calling it tension as opposed to conflict, it first of all softens the whole the whole thing, right? And it just 
if you were to put the working genius in one word, all it is is language. It's not nothing. It's not new. It's a way to describe it that gives us, you know, freedom, if you will. Uh, and it's not like I, some of the stuff gets a little hippy dippy for me that exists out there, like making like every every employee should have full freedom to have full autonomy. Like, not really. You're not going to give everybody a key. That doesn't make sense, you know. And so there's the working genius. I think it gives a language for an appropriate amount of that, as opposed to saying everyone gets what they want and we're going to bend to everyone's will based on their personality. That's insane. It would never work. But we can get people in the right positions for them to be happier more often, for sure. Man, I just think it sounds so helpful. And it reminds me of one of my friends, Linda. She's been a salon owner for like, I think like 25 years. You probably even know her. She's in Florida. She was telling me that she's like, I have a really great group right now. Like it all just works. And when you were talking about it, I was thinking she probably has some of everything, right? Like probably does. Yeah. And so if people are listening in whatever industry they're in and they're like, God, there's something that feels off. It's probably just not understanding like who's in what role. And there's like a, a rub. I love what you said about yeah. there's, where there's ideas and the doers, there's friction because that even without even having taken the assessment that there are a couple of relationships that I go, oh my God, that's what's happening there. That's what's happening there. Absolutely. And, and when you, when you realize what's, when you realize what's missing is something that brings somebody else on your team joy. Like, let me give you a quick example. because it make yeah. more sense. So this one I was just in a couple of their hairdressers that maybe I got excited about it. Right. And so they ran up to what it wasn't even an owner. It was another hairdresser. And they said, Hey, we need to borrow your invention. We have a party tonight for one of our clients, these styling labs that we do. And we thought, what are your ideas? Because neither one of them were an inventor. Well, that person got to rattle off a bunch of ideas to him. So they literally walked up to someone and said, can I give you energy and joy? Is what happens. Because when I ask you for your ideas and you're an inventor, you give them to me and you have literally more energy and joy than you began with. So now when we ask our peers for help, there's no guilt to the help. Because I'm giving you energy and joy when you get to help me. Yeah, like one of my friends, she's like, she's like me, like we don't want to be a burden. And I borrowed her my car when she needed to go somewhere. And then she's like, I was going to detail it for you. And then here's $50. And I was like, God damn it. I wanted to do something nice for you. But it's something I would do as well. Like, and I was like, you just took the joy out of doing something nice. And I think you're right. Like we think, oh, I just wouldn't want to overstep, wouldn't yep. want to bother that person. But if you understand it, like that, that trips their trigger to help you. Absolutely. I was talking with my husband about his work environment and there's a lady he works with and she's kind of a grump anyway, uh, but her, she has enablement is in her frustration. And so she's a wanderer and inventor, but what she does in work is she do, is a, she's a doer. And she cannot get people around an idea to save her life. Well, my husband's is the idea. Like, so she, you know, and, but I was like, crazy. I just don't understand why she doesn't ask for help. It's so easy to ask for help. And I was like, it is probably deeply painful for her to ask for help because it is the last thing she wants to do is jump in and help. So she would never put that on somebody else. And I'm guilty of it as well. Like our, our babysitter helps us with so much stuff around the house, but I hate finishing things so much. I won't ask her to help. 
And Chris, like, you need to ask her. She's probably on the word. Like, so he's starting to use my words against me, right? And I was like, he's he's like, ask her for help. So I tend to hold on to things that are my frustration because I don't want to give it to somebody I love. But if I knew that they loved it, man, wouldn't it be easier to hand it off? Things would really open up. Oh, yeah. And then now, instead of me holding on to them, those and them thinking, man, she doesn't trust me. She won't even let me do the things I'm good at. Right? Mm -hmm. All of this unspoken drama. The working genius gives language for us to talk about it. But almost, I don't know why, I picture like having a big salon, having like a laminated thing that has everyone in the, their categories. And when they go to like try and do something, they're like, all right, well, who do we have that likes doing that stuff? Literally, exactly. We build a team map for the leadership and then everything else is like on a, on a nice little list. But actually what we do is we do geniuses and frustrations only. We remove the competencies because competencies are, I mean, it, it's called the competency trap. Where, oh, she's good enough at it. Let her do it. She's good enough at it. Let her do it. And again, that's where I, I really, my theory, and I got to do more rounds with more salons to see if I'm really accurate. But my theory is that burnout is coming from our competencies. And so we will do geniuses and we will do frustration. So we know what to avoid as best as possible. Or sometimes you can't avoid it. Again, we're all grown ups. This is work. We're talking about money and business. Sometimes you have to do things in your frustrations. Well, now we can approach somebody like, hey, I need you to do something. I know it's in your frustration. I'm really grateful. Like, thank you so much. And it's a, just a completely different approach. Yeah, well, even I was just thinking like, and not even specific to salons but it's like someone who's an amazing like producer at whatever they do sometimes the natural next step is for them to go into a leadership role and I, I I've experienced that in my salon life as career as well and I remember there being a rub there about me having to sit down and do one-on-ones and I was like I just want I got clients out there I gotta get back like and it was like I think if I had this language and this understanding um, and so many other people would be able taking someone who's excelling at something and putting them somewhere else because they're doing what they're doing really well. Absolutely. And it's like sinking the ship. Yes. And even if it's not like, so I think there's a, there's a little bit of hesitancy to do the working genius with a group of people sometimes because they're like, well, what if everybody's in the wrong job and everybody wants to leave? It isn't about the job. No. It's about the approach. And so if I'm a hairdresser, I can be any of these letters and have a great career. If I'm a leader, I can have any of these letters and have a great career. doesn't matter really where you are. Now, there are a couple of job tasks here and there that probably will end up shifting around, like you're saying, like reviews. Actually, the salon I was just in, reviews was what, a big thing that they decided to change. And you know what they did is they were like, let's look at a list of all of our more senior hairdressers because they have the competency of their skill, right? And see if any of them are inventors and pull them into the review meeting to say, what should it be? Let's just pretend they don't exist at all. Let's get some idea. What should it be? So now this is being hurt. Well, I was even just thinking, I'm like, it's maybe not that I wasn't able to be in a leadership role. Maybe it's just the way the whole thing was set up, was set up in a way that felt very constrictive to the way that I like to operate. I've never liked, and I also, I wonder if there's a lot of hairstylists like this. So it's like, I've never liked to juggle other things. Meaning like, if I'm with clients and I like, I've gotten better at it because I'm a mom now. I'm like, okay, cool. I have 20 minutes. I'm going to do a workout, but I've never been able to have that mind where it's like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to leave for an hour and come back. And then I have six more people like my mind. And I think that probably goes back to like 
genius, right? Like some oh, yeah. people can toggle out of an, in, out of a, and I can do it with clients, but it was never like, if it was like get a car wash in the middle of the day, it was like. <laughs> well, and I like to juggle a thousand things. So I, if I'm just doing a head of hair, all I want to do is find 30 other things to do. That's all I want to do. And you know it's what? Like all built different. Even, yeah. I was even thinking like when I would work with people after being in the big salon, I was very protective of my time with my clients because I'm like, this person sees me for 30 minutes. And then I have like 14 other people. That time is like, I like protected it because I love the relationship and people have noticed that they're like, you kind of like ice people out. Like when you're with your person and I, and I'm to this day, like, again, like the maintenance person is in the salon. I was kind of like, excuse me. Hello. We are in a love bubble over here. Like we can't have you moaning on the ground with the vinegar. Okay. It's just, it's not going to work. So funny. It's just different people, different motivation. I, I just think it's so cool. And I think that like the salon industry, like, I think it's really neat that yes, you can work with everyone, but I just think our industry in particular, people like I, I pulled a card for our episode and the card, I was like, I wonder if this will make, end up making sense. But it says, when you start loving yourself, it'll make certain places, people and things no longer resonate. I apologize for the people, places and things I subconsciously drew in before I knew how to love myself. And it's like, at the end of the day, like knowing and loving yourself and honoring yourself, like you might find that the places you're in, the people you're with are more for you because you're like, I know who I am. Yeah. I mean, what if you were able to go, let's, let's say like, let's use your example of being promoted into being promoted out of your geniuses is basically what happened. What if you had this language and you knew your leader's geniuses and you knew yours and you could say, you know what? Promoting me into like the tenacity side of things actually is on my frustration list. Look, and she's like, oh, it is, isn't it? But I would really like to be a part of the reviews because I do think I can add value. What if it looked this way when I did reviews? You know, and then th now there's a conversation as opposed to a, this is how we do things or, or just honestly, most of the time it usually ends up being silence, which is the killer. I would rather have an argument than silence. Um, and so this gives, I guess, so there's geniuses that are disruptive. There's geniuses that are responsive. And then there's introverts and extroverts. And every genius can be an introvert or an extrovert. So now you start, it doesn't matter. Like you could have a group of six wanderers together and they're all still going to look different because there's your personality is in addition to this. And so that's when relationships happen. That's when assumptions happen. And which are positive and negatives, right? <laughs> you know, so relationships should be a positive. Assumptions can often be a negative. And if you can add with my personality, with my skill set, the things I love to do and my geniuses, which is the work that gives me energy and joy, here's my idea of how to approach this. Right. Because even as you were talking, I was like going back like 14 years or whatever it was. And I was like, I already know what I would say. And I think when you know yourself and you like know what you love to do, you're less like willing to take whatever's offered. You're like... Yeah, I actually would love to be a part of leadership, but you know what would really, what what would work best for my personality is I'd love to mentor colorists and have them follow me around and be a part of my relationship with my client, watch me mix. Like I could have still been a part of the, the elevation. It would have just been in a way that honored me. Yeah, absolutely. And and if, if I'm being honest, it would have benefited the salon owner far more. 
because now you are sassing around with all this energy and joy in the work that you're doing. And you're going to be a more of a magnetic personality, whether it be for your customers or your upsells or the people you work with, or when you, when you get more out of an employee and the employee is thrilled about it, well, that's a win-win. That's actually what employment should be. And, and you know what often is, I feel like there's a lot of digging at salon owners right now. And I don't agree. I most owners I know, not that they're perfect people, but their mistakes aren't from bad intention. It, none, never. I mean, I know one, but like, that's the point. You know what I mean? Like one nasty person. And so the only, the only people that the working genius does not work for is the truly immature. So, so someone that just has no self-reflection, you know? So if you're not self-aware and you're immature, you could look at the entire working genius model as a threat to whatever, just to whatever. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, it doesn't work for everybody because if you're not going to be self-reflective or approach life as a mature adult, then this isn't going to work for you. And if you have someone on your team that is has zero ability to be self-reflective or mature and you get into a, these types of conversations, they'll absolutely turn into arguments and it'll be nasty. It's not because of their genius and it's not because of their personality. It's because they... They, they have other things going down. <laughs> so, and you they, it'd be better to know that now. <laughs> better to know that now because this is work and it is serious and we are providing for our families and ourselves. And if you're not going to bring maturity to it, I don't really care what your personality or your genius is. You need to go bring your immaturity elsewhere. And so that's, again, where when people talk about having like autonomy and freedom in this business, I agree. Unless they're bringing immaturity and a lack of self-awareness, then they just need to leave. Because it's going to be a problem for everybody involved. Yeah. I mean, I want you to work with everyone. So where can people find you? Yes. So the website is 299million.com. So 299million. Um, and what that stands for is the typical worker spends about 299 million seconds at work in their lifetime. And so we want you to enjoy every second of your work. Uh, what you'll see on that website is me. Um, I work with teams. So I'm a team specialist. So I don't do one-on-one coaching. Um, I will work with a salon owner, but in regards to working with a team, if that makes any sense. Um, and it doesn't have to be a formal team. It's a group of people that are getting projects done together. And then um, you'll also see Kelly on there. She's my comrade in arms and she's the opposite. She works one-on-one. That's it period. She's not interested in the team. So it's just yet another example of us like honoring who we are and, and how we like to help. Um, and so she does one-on-one coaching and accountability for individual hairdressers. And what she does is help you, helps you to grow your numbers. And in a very, like, it's so good. It's, so, and it's everything I would hate doing. And she is so good at it. Um, and so she does work with like the more seasoned hairdressers and like how, how to not plateau and how to get, again, joy and energy from growing. Oh my gosh. Like, I honestly like feel like even having not done the assessment, I feel like after this conversation, I understand myself even more and hearing you say the things you don't like is so refreshing. And like, I don't know, it makes me like drawn more to you because I'm like, she knows herself. And I feel like that is something that I think so many people would benefit from. So thank you so much for taking the time to explain all of this to me. It's absolutely my pleasure. I've enjoyed it myself. <laughs>